We're so glad that you're with us again this morning. We're on a series of lessons. We have been for the last several weeks. We're going to continue again this morning on a study in 1 Peter. Our title for our series is really this, Finding Strength in the Struggle. Come on, say that again this morning. Finding Strength in the Struggle. We are all in a difficult time. We're all in quarantine. We're in isolation. Some have lost their jobs. Several have lost their lives. And we're all in a little bit of a difficult, different type of season that we're in. And we want to bring hope. And we want to bring strength to you this morning from the Word of God. And I know you are going to receive it this morning. Uh, the book of 1 Peter, Peter is actually writing, we talked a little bit about, about it last week, to Christians that were enduring crazy suffering. A whole lot different than what we are enduring here. But what I found out about suffering is that suffering is still suffering. No matter the, the degree of it or who says what about it, if you think you're suffering, you emotionally are going through it. And we are going in a worldwide pandemic. And Peter is writing to Christians, to believers, that we're going through suffering. And so we get a chance a couple thousand years after the writing to peer back into what Peter was saying to these people in modern-day Turkey that were really being persecuted and they were being criminalized and they were being drugged out of their house and they were, they were, some of them were being executed for their faith in Jesus Christ. A little bit different suffering than you or I am going through, but suffering, again, is different in different contexts. But Peter is telling them uh, how to live, how to believe, what to think, and how to act. And so uh, this morning, I'm going to ask you as we lean into four scriptures, and then we'll make some points, and we'll wrap it all up at the end. But these scriptures, write them down, because I want you to get the proper thinking concerning suffering, concerning difficulty, concerning tests, concerning trials, concerning uh, the pandemic and what we're going through. And I'm not trying to be a downer, but can I tell you, it's, things like this aren't going to decrease. Scripturally speaking, they're going to increase as time goes on. And so I think we need to, we need to forewarn ourselves and we need to arm ourselves so that we can come through every struggle, every difficulty, every test, every trial, every, every time or season of suffering, and we can come through with the Word of God as our source. Suffering isn't anything new. We're always going to have suffering in this life. If it's relationally, if it's physically, if it's financially, no matter what, we are always going to be subject to suffering in this life. And the scriptures are going to help us identify what to do in the middle of it all. Uh, we're going to read four scriptures I, I said a moment ago. We're going to start in 1 Peter chapter 1. Before we read it, verse 6 and 7, let me set it up. Peter actually talks to these people who are born again. They've made Jesus the Lord of their life. They've, they've committed their life to Jesus. And, and Peter says, you, all, you have, based on your salvation, based on your making Jesus the Lord of your life, you have a spiritual inheritance that is yours. And then he says this in verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice though now for a little while. Come on, in the chat, come on, how about you chat right there to, to, this morning that, that uh, this suffering is just for a little while. I, I know we're in the middle of it. I, I know it's been, you know, March or mid-March, and, and we've been going on six weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks now. We, we don't exactly know, you know, you know, here in America, here in Southern California, the end in sight. We're still quarantined, not too much work going on uh, for, for a lot of different uh, uh, 
people working, they're, they're still staying at home. Uh, but, but, but suffering and the pandemic, it, 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 in the grand scheme of things, it is just a little while. But sometimes it just doesn't feel like that. So, so Peter tells us, you, you're saved. You, you, you've made Jesus the Lord of your life. And, and, and you greatly rejoice, though, for a little while. If need be, you have been grieved by various trials. It's almost like, duh, trials do grieve you. And he just tells them that. Th these trials are grievous. These trials are burdensome. These tri trials are messing with you emotionally. And he says that, that the reason is that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it's tested by fire, may be found to the praise and the honor and the glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, second scripture, 1 Peter 4, verse 1 and 2. So then, since Christ has suffered the physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer too. Be ready to suffer too. For if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. In other words, he says, you, you're, you've intentionally made up your mind, I'm done with sin, I'm gonna serve God. He says, you won't spend, verse two, the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you'll be anxious to do the will of God. We'll talk about that in a minute. First Peter four, two more, verse 12 through 13. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're gone through, as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad. That's abnormal. Be very glad, for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it's revealed to all the world. One more scripture, 1 Peter 5, verse 10 and 11. But may the God of all grace, maybe put that in the chat, God's a God of all grace. May the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after you have suffered a while. There it is again. After you have suffered a while, he will perfect you, mature you. He will establish you. He will strengthen you. And God says, Peter says, God will settle you. He'll calm you. He'll calm you down. Now, again, the suffering that Peter was alluding to and talking to and writing in, in the first century Christians' lives was persecution for their belief in Jesus Christ. It wasn't a virus, it wasn't a pandemic, it wasn't quarantine, and, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but it, it wasn't that they just didn't have any toilet paper. <laughs> it wasn't that they couldn't go hang out at the mall. It, it, it was they were being persecuted, their lives were being taken for their belief, persecuted, driven out of their home. Some of them, their goods and everything they had was being taken from them. Uh, they, they were driven out of their homes a whole lot different than what we're experiencing right now. Again, but suffering is suffering, and, and we need to find strength from the scriptures in the struggle that we're dealing with. But Peter is telling you and I, based on the word of God, that suffering is not unusual. Suffering 
is something that is going to be going on in this human experience of ours. So we need to, as we read last week, we need to brace up our minds and, and we, need to, we need to exhibit self-control in our thinking so that we navigate this season in and by the will of God so that we come out the other side stronger, settled, encouraged. And after we have suffered a little while, we're more and more mature in our faith. A couple things here. I want to give you several points or just maybe four points or so to consider during this time that we have this morning. Thought number one is this. God's grace keeps you in suffering. Come on, would you say it out there? Say it to your neighbor. Come on, poke your friend. Write it on your hand. Put it in the chat. God's grace keeps you in suffering. We find that in the middle of this, this, these five chapters that Peter's writing, he'll interwine and he'll talk about the grace of God. And, and we know that he, he finishes that last scripture that God is the God of all grace. And after we've suffered a while, he, he's going to settle us. He's going to strengthen us. He, he's going to be with us. And so by way of reminder, God's grace is his unmerited, unearned, and undeserved favor. If, if you jack up your life, if you mess up your life, can I tell you something that's still there? God's grace to bring you home, to bring you back. Listen, God's grace will keep you. It will be with you in suffering. You can rely on him. You can call on him. You can lean on him. You can trust in him. You can believe in him. You can listen to him. He is going to be there with you through thick and thin in the middle of a pandemic and epidemic and any kind of act that's going on. God is going to be your Lord. Come on, come on. Somebody shout out there. Poke your neighbor. Get your kids. Quit, tell them to quit eating cereal. And come on, listen up to the preacher this morning. <laughs> so God's grace is going to be with you in suffering. He, he says again, it's just a little while. It's just a little while. It's just a little while. He tells us that twice in these four scriptures. The second thing that I see is that no one is immune to suffering. No one's immune. Believer or non-believer. The scripture says it rains on the just and the unjust. It, come on, it gets hot for the just and the unjust. There's good days for the just and the unjust. No one is immune to suffering. Everyone in this life experience will suffer something. And right now, we know this is suffering that's going on generally around the entire, the entire world. So, so, so what, what Peter says to them is, don't be surprised. He uses this word, these words, don't be surprised at the fiery trials that you are going through as if something strange happened to you. Like you're going through your life and you're going, how can this be going on? How can God allow this in my life? How can, was God condemning me? Is God judging me? Is God mad at me? Listen, he says, no, suffering is in this human experience. Do not be surprised. Do not be surprised if you suffer in your marriage. Do not be surprised when you have kids and, and you suffer raising your kids. Do not be surprised with your job when you get demoted or you get fired. Do not be surprised. Things that are unforeseen happen in this life experience. Suffering. And we need to find strength while we're struggling, while we're trying to figure it out. And that's why God's word is here to help us. 
Now the suffering we see from the scripture also, Peter talks about, we didn't read the scripture, but there is a suffering that you and I will never endure, never have to endure. It's the suffering that Jesus Christ endured and went through for us as our substitute and as the sacrifice for our sin. You and I will never suffer the way he suffered. The scripture says, the just, all caps, the just for the unjust. But suffering is from the very beginning of the Bible to the very end of the Bible. By way of reminder, if you're a Bible person, this will be wrote to you, you meaning you've heard of this before, and maybe you haven't read the Bible or, or been to church for a minute. Maybe it'll be new, but, but let me kick in a little bit of a Bible history about some suffering. The nation of Israel was in bondage for 430 years in bondage to the Egyptians, Pharaoh. They're making brick and mortar, building their temples, building their pyramids, 430 years. And it grew harder and harder and harder. And they called out to God and God heard them in the middle of their suffering, in the middle of their pain, in the middle of their difficulty. But listen to me, 430 years of suffering. That's a long time. Job, there's 42 chapters in this brother's book. It tells and details his life. He lost his family, his kids. He lost all of his belongings. He lost all of his wealth. Everything was gone. He suffered enormously. I don't know, there, there might not be anybody else in the Bible that suffered like this man. Joseph was a favorite son by his father, Jacob, and he made him a coat, and his brothers hated him over that, that he was the favorite son, so they sold him into slavery. Can you imagine selling your brother and sister? <laughs> I know some of y'all have been thinking that out there during quarantine, huh? Uh, but, but sold him into slavery, and, and, and he was lied to by his brother. The, they, they lied to their father, said he got killed by a wild animal, but, but he, was, he was then sold, and he was in, in a guy's house, and then the, the, the wife had the eyes for him and, and lied about and thrown into prison and then forgot. He suffered greatly, suffered unjustly. He did nothing wrong. Now, the Bible, again, Peter says, if you suffer for something you did, that's on you. That's on me. If, if you go 95 down the highway and you get a speeding ticket, you ain't suffering. <laughs> You're just going too fast, brother. So, so uh, but the scripture is real clear. Suffering is part of this experience in life. David was chased by King Saul and tried to kill over 20 times. He did nothing wrong. All he did was kill a giant named Goliath. And then he went through enormous suffering. Enormous suffering. Jeremiah was a prophet called the weeping prophet. He was thrown in a cistern and sinking in mud. All because he was prophesying the truth about God and taken out of there and later put in stocks and bonds because he was preaching the truth and the nation didn't want to hear it and he was suffering. Apostle Paul wrote about two-thirds of the New Testament. Man, beaten, stoned, left to die, jailed, forgotten by his friends, suffering. So again, by way of reminder, suffering is just part of this life experience. No one's gonna be immune. Listen, saved or not saved. Read the Bible, don't read the Bible. Sing hallelujah in church or don't sing nothing. Tithe and give generously. Don't give but a quarter every week. Everybody is going to suffer. 
Next thought I think that's important to understand this morning is that suffering, based on these scriptures, is working in you something you can't see. Suffering is working in you something you can't see, you can't put your finger on. Here's what we know from the scripture, and we read it, is that you don't know what kind of faith you really have until there's fire or suffering. One more time. You don't know what kind of faith you really have until there's fire or there's, there's suffering, until there's difficulty, until there's a trial, until there's a test, until there's a pandemic. What kind of faith do you have? Where, where have you been in your faith in the last several weeks, several months? Have you been freaking out? Have you been worried? Have you been stressed? Have you been anxious? Have you been angry? Have you been drawn away from God and drawn more towards secular things like TV and just trying to fill your, yourself? I mean, they, 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 the experts have told us that alcohol sales have escalated and, and drug sales have escalated because people are not just able to deal with the suffering. So, so, so how are you doing? How are you doing? Suffering, though, the scripture says is working something in you that you can't see. And the scripture is telling us that your faith is being tried. Here's a great scripture in Psalm 66. It says this. The psalmist said, oh, for you, O God, have tested us. <laughs> you, O God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined in the fire, he says. You've tested us. Now, listen, I, I don't think, I, I believe my theology says God is a good God. He's an on-time God, and he'll always be good. Can you shout amen out there, somebody? I, I don't believe God sent the pandemic. I don't believe God sent the coronavirus. But I believe God is a genius at using it and revealing to you and revealing to me what you really believe where your heart really is, what you are leaning on, what you are trusting in. So the psalmist says, you have tested us and you have refined us as silver is refined. Uh, in, in the Old Testament times, in the Bible times, refining gold or refining silver, uh, they, of course, would heat it as best they could. To, now, today, the heating properties that we have and, and can heat metals are far superior uh, than in this day. But they would heat the, the metal, they would heat the silver, they would heat the gold, and, and, and the impurities would rise to the top. It's called the dross. It would rise to the top, and they would scrape that off. And so what's going on right now, let me tell you what's happening right now, is that dross impurities, things that God wants you to see that you don't need in your life are rising. Motives, agendas, ideals, and thoughts you're running away from instead of running to him. Your faith is being tested and God wants it to be because he wants you to see what he really sees impurity that then can be addressed with his love and with his word. Peter says your faith is being tested in the fire of suffering. But then we read the scripture, again, one of these scriptures that told us in in chapter 5, verse 10 and 11, that God's promise is after you have suffered a while, he will restore you, he will strengthen you, he will make you strong, he will support you. That's the hope, like we mentioned last week, that we have dealing 
and going through suffering. God never leaves us in the middle of it. He reveals and shows us what's really going on in our heart, and he lets us see the truth of what we really believe or disbelieve, and he allows us to come face to face in a mirror with who we really are. In the last several weeks, in the last month or two, what's risen to the surface in your life? An overwhelming joy, like the scripture says, a rejoicing that during this trial, I can get stronger. I'm, I'm going to press in with God. I can read more. Maybe my, I don't have to, maybe I'm going to stay at home and I, I can adjust my schedule. I can have family time and, and we can read the Bible with the small kids like, like we talked about doing. <laughs> or, or have we drifted away and, and now we're seeing that and the suffering the fire is revealing what God really wants us to see. And just last point, I think, before we read a couple thoughts uh, this morning, is I believe this, is that suffering really just recalibrates your life. It recalibrates your life. Uh, I tell a story uh, many times when I think about recalibrating your life that uh, I, I used to hunt a couple times with my dad and I'd go, you know, up when I, we lived in Canada. We went on a great elk hunting trip one time and before we went out to even try to think about finding an animal to kill, an elk to kill, uh, the, the, the guide actually took us to the, the gun range. Because when he wanted to make sure that our gun was calibrated, you know, to 100 yards, 200 yards, 300 yards, 400 yards. And, and, and if, if the scope got banged, in, in, you know, in transit, he wanted to make sure that we were calibrated right and we could, the bullet would come out and hit the target. And so suffering recalibrates your life. Your life is not recalibrated in good times when you don't need God, when you don't long for God. Everything's great. You got a lot of money in the bank. Business is booming. Kids are great. Kids are, you know, they're not great. Maybe not great, but they're okay. <laughs> the teenagers, they're teening, but they're okay. Uh, but now in suffering and fire and difficulty, your life gets recalibrated and it is allowed by God. The scripture says this. Here's what we read. I'm going to remind you. The text said this. Suffering is allowed so that you won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you'll be anxious to do the will of God. How anxious are you to do the will of God now? Uh, have you thought about maybe when church comes back, or have you thought about, I can't wait to, to, to hang out with, 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 the, with my friends again and get in a small group. I can't wait to go through growth track. I can't wait, I can't wait to do an outreach. I can't wait to use my gift and talent and ability for the kingdom of God. What, what, what's going on right now? in your life during this struggle and suffering. Your priorities come to the forefront. Again, what's really in you gets bubbled up like the dross and you get to see it. But what we know from the scripture is that this suffering really has a purging effect to bring discipline to our lives according to God's will. Listen, when we talk about discipline scripturally, we're not talking about punishment. Punishment is something you do to somebody. Discipline is something you do for somebody. Vast difference. God doesn't punish the believer. God says, I will discipline you. How? By his word. And he allows us to go through suffering. And he allows us to go through difficulty. And he allows us to go through a season, a little while, where now we can come face to face 
with who we really are and what we really believe so that we can then grow spiritually and be developed. Uh, do you remember the, the story uh, in Luke chapter 15 about the prodigal son? If you've never read the Bible, let me kind of give you the cleft notes here. Is that the, the prodigal son, he, he, had a, he had a dad that had it going on. He was a wealthy dad, but he got all, the son kind of got puffed up one day and said, Daddy, give me my inheritance that belongs to me. And the dad said, okay, you want to run? Run, buddy. And he gave him the money and he took off. And the Bible said he spent it on riotous living. Come on. He went down to the, he went down to the bar. He went to the porn shop. He spent all his money, come on down, down smoking weed, snorting things, doing all kind of crazy stuff. And he spent all his money and then he didn't know what to do. And so he joined himself to a pig farmer and began feeding pigs. And one day while he's feeding pigs, suffering, he came to his senses and he says, what am I doing here? What am I doing? My father's servants eat better than I do. And he turned and he went home. And the Bible says that his father was there waiting for him. And God is waiting for you. And he's longing for you to stop running. Stop chasing things that are bringing no purpose in your life. Relationships that he wants you to leave. Thoughts that have come to the surface that he wants you to scrape off. Emotions and things that have anger and resentment and unforgiveness and bitterness and just negativity has come up during the last several weeks or months. And he says, will you stop? Will you turn toward me? Will you come home? Will you come home? That's his call for you. Probably two, one of the two most familiar passages of Scripture in the Bible is Psalm 91 and Psalm 23. Psalm 91 tells us that God will protect us. He'll be with us. He'll deliver us. Angels of God will be with us unless you dash your foot against a stone. You trip up, he's going to be there going to help you get back up. Psalm 23 tells us that God's going to walk with you in the valley of the shadow of death. But what we know about these Scriptures is that God says he'll protect you and God says he'll be with you, but that doesn't mean you won't suffer. He's with you. He hasn't left you. Single mom, single dad, young teenagers, young adults, married couples, retirees that saw your, your, your financial 401k track down bad. He's with you. You're suffering now for a little while, but he's not done. He's not done. He is with you. What I know is that sometimes God delivers us from the suffering, but other times God delivers us through the suffering. I don't know why, I don't know, I don't know how, I don't know why, this happened and that didn't happen, why that turned and this didn't turn, I don't know. But here's what I found in my 40 years of following Jesus, is that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers them from them all. Even though you're in the middle of suffering and pain and difficulty right now, He is with you 
while you're going through it. You're going through it. The last book of the Old Testament is a book called Malachi. We don't know what the brother's name is. It might be Malachi, it might be Malaku, I don't know, you know, Malachi. <laughs> he was a prophet though. And he kind of ended the Old Testament and there was hundreds of years before we start and hear the writings in the New Testament when John the Baptist came on the scene. Well, Malachi, let's call him that. Malachi says that sufferings and trials are purifying us. He calls God, he calls God a refiner and a purifier and, and calls him that he would like launder your life as kind of like soap is laundered and laundering the, the clothes, cleaning them. And he uses these word pictures and these, this imagery of what God is going to do when you're in my life. Listen, for the rest of our life. For the rest of our life. But in light of what Malachi says, he, he's, he's got an undertone in his writings. And here's what he's telling the nation of Israel to do. And I want to wind up here and finish here this morning. Is that he tells them, and it's good words for them, but I think it's better words for us today in this season. He says, number one, worship God with all your heart. Just worship God with all your heart. How's your heart been the last couple of weeks and months? Again, how's your worship? How's your attention, your devotion? Let's just call it your devotion, your devotion. How's your Bible reading? How's your time alone? Is it, is it growing or is it, is it shrinking? He says, during this time, in light of a, this suffering, that God's trying to get you to see. He's cleansing you. He wants you to worship him. Not with your head, not with obligation, not with formalism, not with religion. Worship him with your heart. With your heart. He knows the real you. The second thing that we see that Malachi said is to serve God with all your might. Come on, put that in the chat. Serve God with all your might. That means get hot, get passionate. I want you to be thinking about when we get back together and we gather, whether you're in this church or you're in another church. Come on, God, God wants you to serve him with passion. God wants you to lead your family with passion. God wants you to lead as a husband or a wife, lead your family with passion. God wants you to raise your children with passion. God wants you to serve one another with all your might. Serve him and love him and love others and serve with all your might. And lastly, Malachi says, do the work. Do the work he called you to do. Just do the work he called you to do. Come on, now is the time to get busy. Now is the time to quit waiting. I want you to be thinking about that in the next several weeks. We don't know when we'll be back in the physical location. And really, that shouldn't matter between now and then where you worship, where you serve, and now where you begin to work and do what God's called you to do. The suffering that we go through shouldn't burn us. The suffering that we go through should cleanse and purify us. God has allowed it to reveal to you and me where we really are in our walk with Him. And He wants to settle you, strengthen you, restore you, cause you 
to be more and more mature. Thanks for being with us this morning. We're on this series of lessons. We're going to go again next week. I've got something burning in my heart from the book of James. Hope you hang out with us. But before next week comes and before you unplug from us this morning, maybe you find yourself like the prodigal son. Maybe you're running away from God. Maybe you've known God and you've run away. How about today you say, I'm ready to make a change. I don't like where my life is heading. I don't like what's come to the surface of my life. I, I, I want to make a change. Maybe you're listening this morning and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Maybe you're a teenager or junior high or younger. Maybe you're an adult. Maybe you've heard about church. Maybe you've come at Christmas. Maybe your mom or somebody told you. Maybe a worker told you about Jesus. Maybe you never even heard the name Jesus. The Bible says God, Jesus, became flesh and he suffered and died for you so that now you could have a relationship with the Father. And he demonstrated that love. We see it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels. How Jesus constantly would reach the suffering, the hurting, the broken, and bring them into relationship with the Father. That's what he wants to do for you. If you were here in the room with us, we would ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. You can pray with your eyes open. I'm going to pray. I'm going to lead.